Hey, hey, Donna Price here with Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio. Thank you for joining me. Here at Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio, we talk with women who are changing the world through their visionary businesses. And today I am thrilled to have Veronica Sagastumi here with us to talk about becoming a consultant and starting your own consulting business as someone that is in their job right now. Veronica Sagastumi is a business strategist, CFO consultant, and all-around powerhouse with a passion for helping corporate accounting professionals monetize their experience to start, run, and grow their own profitable consulting businesses. After a 20-year corporate career as an accounting and finance executive in the San Francisco Bay Area, Veronica faced a personal life event which led her to make the bold decision to trade her corner office for a home office. In 2011, Veronica left her CFO position to start her own consulting practice to work with startup companies fueled by her experience. Veronica skyrocketed her practice to quick success. In 2016, she ventured online to teach other accounting and tax professionals how they too could use their expertise to make a greater impact, increase their freedom, while significantly increasing their earning earning potential. She has built a thriving consulting and coaching business from the comfort of her own home and is excited to share her journey with us today. Veronica, thank you so much for joining me and please let's all welcome Veronica Sagastumi. Great. Veronica, welcome to Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio. I'm so thrilled to have you here today. Thank you for inviting me to be a guest, Donna. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Definitely. I think that you have such an interesting journey because you've come out of corporate, created your own consulting business, and you're sharing with others how they can do the same thing, which is so important as people are losing jobs and not being able to keep their jobs, having other alternatives is, is key. So tell us a little bit about your journey and how you decided to start your own company. I think that initially I went the traditional route, as many of us do, right? Especially uh, growing up in a, a family where go to college, get a good job, you know, do all the things in a certain order. Um, I did do a lot of that. I didn't do all of it in that order that they wanted me to, but I definitely did go the traditional route of going to school, getting my accounting and finance degree, and going to get a corporate job so that I could start my career in in accounting. And that happened uh, in the 80s, late 80s, just to, you know, go back in time. But what I always had in me was this very big desire to learn systems and operations. And so my career led me to the Silicon Valley. I live in Northern California. So early on, I got exposed to the Silicon Valley startup companies, and that required the accounting background and marrying it with technology and systems, automation, operations is what we call it. And so that started a very aggressive career in the accounting, finance, and operations world. And I climbed up that corporate ladder that many of us that you know go into uh, corporate America strive for, and ultimately achieving that 
what we call a C-level, the chief executive level um, of that corporate career with by being chief financial officer or a chief operating officer. And I literally had the corner office in San Francisco uh, <laughs> with a team that I loved. You know, it's like you call, you, you, uh, so many of us reference that corner office. I had it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but with that corporate office and that level of, um, you know, that executive level comes a lot of stress and responsibilities, along with perks and the compensation, absolutely, especially being in the Silicon Valley or in the Bay Area, yeah. we get that stock option package. You know, it's all alluring and absolutely uh, what they call, you know, the, the carrot that they, you know, they, right. they show, right? They get you in that way. And, and for a long time, you know, I pursued that and it served me really well. But there came a point where on a, in a, personal, on a personal level, I was raised by my grandparents and I had my grand, one grandmother left and she was the one that was my original life coach and the person that taught me to be the person that I am today. I, I just attribute so much of my core values and also my personality to her that um, she broke her ankle and she needed a lot of physical therapy. She was already in her early 90s, living by herself, very independent independently in San Francisco. And in the San Francisco homes, if anybody knows the Bay Area, we have very steep staircases. I yes. swear sometimes it felt like it was a hundred steps to get to the front door. And so there was no way she was going to be able to re rehabilitate at home. We needed to make sure she was in a good uh, physical therapy kind of place. But I also knew that I was the closest one to her. Um, or I could get her to do things that the physical therapist was not going to be able to get her to do. Mm. And I found myself torn, you know, that guilt that comes with you're not being present in any one place. Yeah. I was uh, constantly having to ask for time off or not asking, but justifying where I was going to be and why I couldn't be certain places at work. Yeah. I, when I was with my grandmother, I felt guilty about not being with my team and, you know, leading projects or being at certain meetings and being torn and, you know, just kind of like being stretched so thin that by the time I got home to my own house, my own home life, there was nothing left. It was that constant guilt-ridden daily activity of not, not showing up as the best version of myself anywhere. Yeah, that started the wheels turning of like, I'm exhausted all the time. And also having the self-awareness and thank God I had it because I knew that my grandmother wasn't going to be around forever. And I did not want to regret choosing work over being with her. Wow. And it came down to that. It just came down to me whenever I walked in, her, her face being lit up and not taking for granted the fact that she'd recognized me when I walked through the door or that she was happy to see me and that that's where I needed to be. And I could have taken a leave of absence from my job, but I also realized that I could just maybe not go back. I would have to go back to that same routine at right. some point and I didn't want to do that. And I thought I have built enough of a reputation and a network that I could probably go out on my own. I've helped all these businesses to, you know, grow beyond, you know, whatever we, we expectation we set out. Why couldn't I do that for myself? Yeah. And that's when I started to think about, I, I need to make a change. What are the steps that I need to do in order to make that change? That's great. I think that um, so many people are in that position of high stress, job maybe they don't have the corner office maybe they do <laughs> but mm -hmm. once you've shifted into your own business 
could you ever go back? Like now that you've been in this more free place? I could not. I could not. I mean, I, I want to, I never say never, like I just said it, but I don't like that word because you just don't know what opportunity may come along or the person is maybe it's somebody that you have worked with before. And it just sounds like the right opportunity at the right time. It would have to be a big, all, everything would have to align and come into place. Right. But I don't see that because even though starting your own business is also stressful. It comes with our, their, its own um, challenges, obstacles, or um, also just excitement and adventure. It also takes a lot of mindset shifting and energy to start your own business and to grow it, to run it, but it's your own thing and it doesn't feel like work. And you have the flexibility to be able to take two or three hours off in the middle of your day. You can, you know, do that for your own business and work a little bit later or work on the weekend if you need to be more present in your life for whatever life event is calling for you to be there at that time without having the guilt or you know without feeling like you're letting people down you are responsible and in charge of your business so create a business that will suit the life that you want definitely no i couldn't go back no 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 couldn't go back How about you, Don? I'm going to turn it on you. How about you? Could Um, you go back? I don't know that I could go back totally. I could create something different. Mm -hmm. So I do think about, you know, Mm -hmm. creating something different or in addition to. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, I think that it is a mindset shift. And um, like the mindset, my background is in nonprofit management, so different from yours, but coming into your Mm -hmm. own business, like I used, my clients used to be waiting to, like there was a waiting list. So, um, you know, you had to learn business, like so many business owners have to learn, like people aren't just waiting at the door for you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of pieces to learn and a shift in mindset for sure. Um, but I love Absolutely. the freedom of, like you said, being able to take, you know, a couple hours off in the afternoon or shift your schedule. If you have to drive grandma to an appointment or in my mm-hmm. case, my mom to an appointment, you can do it. And you're not asking permission mm-hmm. from somebody to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So, so that is appealing. So right now, is it a good time to be starting a consulting business? Because you work with people on coming out of that corporate environment and starting their business. It's, it's you know, we're, when we're, we're recording this during, in the midst of being in a pandemic, a quarantine. Yeah. I mean, nothing like this has ever happened in our lifetime anyway. And the conversations that I have now are very different than the ones I was having six months ago. Right. Because now I'm speaking to people who are either they fall into one of three categories, either they're still at their job, but their company has had layoffs or furloughs, as they call them in corporate, um, or they have been laid off because of to no, no fault of their own, or they had already started to, you know, kind of venture into starting their own thing and now more than ever, there's this urgency to want to get it going faster because they know that they can't count on their nine to five job, which by the way, I don't know why we call it nine to five, right? Yeah, I don't know right. about you, but I, I, 
barely worked nine to five. Um, And so with that, those conversations are now me having to, you know, kind of walk them through. You can absolutely get started. You can start small, you can start fast. It's up to how much work they want to put into it, but it's the right time because we know that we, it's out of our control. Right now, this pandemic and how it's hitting the economic, um, whatever the economic situation is for their business, their company that employs them, they can't count on that. And they should be proactively thinking about what can I do with what I already know, the knowledge, the experience, the skill sets that I have uh, accumulated, what can I do so that I can be better prepared if that happens to me or just start it anyway and have it as a side thing that they can count on in addition to maybe having their job or to replace their job. So it is absolutely one of the best times because of technology. We can start a consulting business and deliver the service from our home office because everybody's now very used to, especially in the last three months, they're a lot more comfortable with having to work from home, doing the virtual thing, whether it's Zoom or Skype or any other platform. They, yep. it can be, they can see now that it can be done. Definitely. So one of the things you said is preparing while you're still in your job. And that seems mm-hmm. ideal because you are still in your nine to five mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or you're in nine to nine or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> and you can start small and start building it while you're doing that. And that probably feels safer to some people. Exactly. I often refer to if you're still in your corporate job and you want to start put, taking steps towards starting your own consulting business, a freelancer, you, you know, place whatever you want in that, in that uh, slot, but you can think of your employer as your first angel investor. That's the Silicon Valley in me, you know, <laughs> the, that they, your employer, you absolutely stay in your job and do your job, but they're also investing in you to provide you with that, you know, paycheck while you're pursuing this side business and, you know, see how it goes, see if you like it even, because there are a lot of times when I recommend to my clients that if you're starting a consulting business, start it small and start it on the side because you may not like it. There's a different role. There's a different mindset that happens between being an employee or even an employee who, if you've had a a management role or an executive role, there's a big shift between that and being a a consultant with clients. Um, So yeah, one of the main things also I have, we can talk about this later too, but one of the resources that I, it's a free resource guide that I created a while back. It's called Nurture Your Network with out being annoying, <laughs> but that's something that many people can start doing while they're still at your nine, their nine to five is to reconnect maybe some of those neglected relationships that you let go of. We've all accumulated uh, people that we met along the, the way, whether we, we worked with them, we worked for them, we met them at a conference, at a workshop, at a training, at a, you know, a charity event, whatever. It is a great time while you're still at your nine to five to start reconnecting with these people that you may think they may be interested in whatever service you're going to ultimately be offering. Definitely. So where would people find that guide, Nurture Your Network? Uh, it's If you go to my website, veronicasagastumi.com, and I know that's a hard name to remember, so I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes. I will. But there's a, a there's a, a it's, I have a resource tab at the very top of the website. If you go to that resource tab, the nurture your network 
guide is there. And I love that, that guide because it also comes with email templates that you can customize and make your own. And I tell you what email to send when in order to reignite, reconnect with that neglected contact. And, and it's like, kind of like a journey, right? You're reconnecting. Yep. You don't just reach out to them. I'm sure, Donna, you receive these emails or LinkedIn notification out of the blue where you haven't spoken to that person in a year or two or three. And right off the bat, it's like, hey, remember me? I, we haven't yeah. talked for a while. And then it's a sales pitch. Yes. That's just the wrong way to do it. So that nurture your network email sequence allows you to reignite, reconnect, re-engage with that contact and truly build that relationship up again. It's never too late to do that. Definitely. So. And email is a great platform for doing that. And I think a lot of people, Absolutely. you know, I keep hearing people say, oh, email is dead. And it's like, no, not not dead at all. Um, mm -mm. But, you know, getting the templates from you would be a great way to start. And I believe, you know, you want your emails to be you and authentic, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. have your voice. So take the templates, tweak them so that it's mm -hmm. coming from you. Um, but email is definitely um, a powerful way to nurture relationships and um, connect with your past contacts or your current contacts and stay in yeah. touch with people. I agree. And there always comes a point, and I do include that in the, in the, in the guide, where you make the invitation to, to hop on a call or whether it's Skype, Zoom, or the actual just a phone call, you know, where it's just your voice. And, and there comes a point where you make that invitation so that it doesn't Definitely. feel so out of the blue and abrupt. It's like, oh, you know, there's this heaviness that comes with it. You know you're being pitched and you're like, I, I, I can't. But if it's yeah. a genuine connection, uh, you know, there's definitely a way to do it the right way. So I hope you, your audience will go grab that, grab that guide. It's free. So no, yeah. no obligation. <laughs> definitely. Thank you for providing that. Um, so what are some signs that somebody could look at that they're ready to become an independent consultant? You know, like, how do you know, like, that you could do it? Because everyone has that little voice in their head that's saying that they can't do it. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> or yeah. oh, yeah, we need, <laughs> it's like that, I call her like the mean girl, you know, it's like, yeah. we need to silence that mean girl. It's like, <laughs> exactly. come on now. <laughs> It's like well, if I mean, you heard the, somebody saying those things to your kid or your godchild, you'd say, no, oh, you don't talk like that to my kid. In a second, in a <laughs> second, we would shut it down. It's like, yeah. but we don't do that for ourselves. So no. it's a habit. Get in the habit of telling that, that mean girl, be quiet. There's no yeah. room for you here. Yeah, <laughs> so one of, I, I have several different signs, but one of them is, I, I come from the accounting and finance background. So in that, in that world, it can get very repetitive. So boredom is part of when you're feeling like antsy to do something different, something new. If you're feeling like you're reliving Groundhog's Day in your routine of your job and you're starting to get a little antsy, that's one sign. And another one could be just the, that you're, you don't, you're not feeling like your career is progressing fast enough with the to to match the ambition that you have because i i do want to state that sometimes we think our career should accelerate or be progressing a lot faster but we haven't put in the work and yeah. we need to know that you know there there's we have to pay certain dues and that comes with gaining experience being exposed to certain things I think back to, um, I was interviewing for a, a position uh, at a company many years ago, and I asked the, the young man, you know, like, 
you know, some typical questions about what were his uh, goals? What did he, where did he see for his future? What really interested him? And he basically said to me, I want your job in less than five years between where he was coming out of school, maybe two years out of school and where I was, was maybe 20 years (laughs) of experience. And I'm like, admire the gumption, but you're not going to, you know, if somebody hires you for my position, just with two years of experience, there's not, their foundation is not there. And so when I talk about, you know, maybe your career is not accelerating, you have to be realistic with what it is that you want. But of course, there's always uh, exceptions to that rule. But I'm saying like, a sign could be that you want more for your your career, your life, and you know that you want to make a bigger impact, but you're kind of like stuck in this, especially in a larger corporate job, right? You're like stay in your lane, yep. you know, that's your job, that's not your job, and so you could get very frustrated with that. And so the sign is either either you're bored or you're feeling frustrated, and that's when you start to think about what are you frustrated with. Start to do some self-assessment. Why are you bored? What can you do about not, you know, maybe getting transferring to another department or is that really a sign that you're ready to start something new? Do you have enough experience that you could then start consulting, you know, offering a service to someone that would be, that would benefit from that service that you provide? Yeah. Great things for people to look at. So we talked a little about about email, but are there other ways that you use to find consulting clients when you're just getting started, like from your network or from beyond your network? I always, in, in my early days, when I first started my consulting practice, I was always thinking about who have I already worked with that I loved. Mm-hmm. And that, well, that goes back to your network. It also, it's, there's different levels of your network there's people that you have worked with worked for or that you just met at a like at a conference or a workshop or through other types of events but when i started thinking about who have i worked with that i loved that was a very small list and then it was like who where are they at doing a little bit of research as to what companies they were with articles you know that they had published and then thinking about how could i provide a service that they may need because I needed to think about how I was going to pitch or promote or reach out that direct outreach um, to position myself in a way that was like, here's why you need me. Here's how I can help you. Not all about me, 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 you know, like, look at me, look what I'm doing. Have you heard what I'm up to? It's about, Hey, I read this, that, you know, that you're with this company and I read that you guys are about to launch this one thing. And I don't know if you remember, but I have a lot of experience with this piece of software or with this, I can think of an, if I can give an example, Donna. Definitely. I had a colleague uh, many years ago and she was so good with a certain accounting software and it's NetSuite. It's a very popular uh, accounting software and most people know QuickBooks. Everybody knows Intuit, everybody knows QuickBooks, but NetSuite is like the next level up and it takes a certain amount of expertise to know how to convert from a QuickBooks file to NetSuite and how to train and how to document and how to test. Well, she had such expertise with that she actually was thinking, could I become a consultant and just offer that? Of course she could. You know, we talked yeah. it through. This was many years ago. And what she did is she just kind of made a little bit of an offer of saying, I help this type of client 
to do conversions from QuickBooks Enterprise to NetSuite. So she was very specific because yeah. she knew she couldn't be, she couldn't do them all. She couldn't offer everything. And then she spelled out exactly what she helped with just about the value. It's like, um, I don't want to go into the details of that, but it's like she just went into the details of the benefit. I save you time by doing this. I provide training to keep you from making mistakes. And so for everything that we highlighted, the it was the so what factor. It was that I do this so that yeah. it keeps you from that. And by doing that, when she went back to the network and th thought about who do I know, who did I love working with, what are they doing? what system are you using in case that they were not even when the time comes, that was the other one, another email that we provided. We said, when the time comes and you're looking into systems, I have a great side-by-side uh, -side assessment for you. So yeah. again, you're providing value without even pitching. When the time right. comes, I'll, hey, I'll check in with you in about three months. And so when you ask me besides email, it's about being also proactive and doing research, keeping in keeping an eye and you can do this you can do google alerts or yeah. you can just you know set time aside on your calendar to do research and be like what are they up to it's a small pool when you think of it because when you're starting a consulting business you don't need that many clients and it starts with just one get right. that social proof and use that social proof as leverage to get that client some great results to then promote to the next client or the next prospect definitely and i think one of the things that you said is so key is providing value to people mm -hmm. um, and that consistency of follow-up, you know, because, you know, I always think like you, like you said, you know, LinkedIn, they're pitching you right away. You know, well, I'm not in the buy now mode as soon as I meet you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> most of the time, you know, like there's certain things where you're in like a bot, like I've got to have it now. Like, the windshield mm -hmm. on your car gets cracked. Okay, now I've got to go get it. Perfect fixed. example. Yeah, you know, but, exactly. Flat tire, that flat yeah. tire you've got on your way. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but on LinkedIn, you're, you know, pitching me your service. Like we just connected, you're pitching your service. I'm not ready for it yet. But if you, mm -hmm. if we've engaged and you're building that relationship and telling me about you, your service, why it's valuable to me, then when I'm ready for that, like I'm thinking about you as exactly. the first thing to go to. And mm -hmm. um, I think that that's key in that email sequence or in your follow-up just to be doing that research, but also be providing value along the way. How Absolutely. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say the, the follow-up. The follow-up, I, I hear this and I see it online, but I don't know if people really understand it, but you know, the follow-up, the not being, it keeps you top of mind. The follow-up yep. continues the conversation to build that relationship. It is so crucial. Don't think that you're annoying people. Well, if you're following up the very next day and the very next day, yeah, that's a little annoying. But yep. give, give the people a little bit of breathing room and then touch the follow-up doesn't mean you're pitching them, but it's sort of like checking in. How's it going? How are you doing? Right now during this pandemic that we're in and quarantining, it's the perfect time to check in with people, to follow up. We've been in it for a while now. You know, we touched base three months ago. How's it going now? Are you still doing okay? How's the family? It's such a great way, segue to go ahead and check yeah. in on people and continue the conversation. Definitely. And that's the goal, continuing the conversation. And that's mm -hmm. the piece that so many 
people miss is that they they think their goal is to make the sale. And right mm -hmm. now the goal is the relationship and the conversation. So, 100%. So how can having your own business impact your vision as an, a womanpreneur? Like, why is it different mm -hmm. than having that job? And how are you a visionary womanpreneur? What a great question. And that's what I, lo I love about your podcast too, Donna, because it's like right in the title, right? The Visionary Womenpreneurs. I think we are more in control when we have our own business about how we, want, how we show up and also to be aware that other people are watching us. We are leading by example. And it's, for me personally, it's important that I walk the talk that you know that i set a good example not only for my peers but for the audience that i want to impact and i definitely want to make sure that other females that other women in the workplace whatever age group you're in that you see what's possible beyond maybe in corporate or beyond your corporate job that you can show up that you have control and and it's never too late to make a change to make yeah. a pivot to show up differently because at the end of the day, we all want to make an impact and it doesn't matter if you just want to make an impact for yourself, for your home life, your family, or, you know, your kids or a bigger, a bigger impact for more female entrepreneurs or more female, uh, I would say, you know, corporate work, excuse me, for, uh, corporate employees who are in corporate America or just in any other job and you feel like you're meant for more, you want to do more, you can still stay in your job or you can still run in your, your business. And if you feel that need to want to make a bigger impact, fulfill it by whether it's you're volunteering, that's something that you believe in, or you're, you become involved in something that you wanted to continue the tradition. I know that I do that with keeping my grandmother uh, keeping my grandmother's memory alive is part of my commitment to uh, I go and work with at-risk youth mm -hmm. who who also um, don't have a great role model and also don't always speak the language I was one of those kids you know yeah. I, I I was born in San Francisco California but I spent my childhood in another country so when I came back here at 11 years old I didn't know how to speak English and I remember how wonderful some of my teachers were and how they gave so much of themselves and come to find out that they were giving their own time to me. I found that that much later as a kid, you don't realize that. Yeah. And so for me, being a woman, a visionary woman means thinking about the, the bigger role that I can play by being an example of what is possible and also thinking about how I can show up as a better version of myself for them, because I'm so acutely aware that there's always somebody watching how you are doing, what you are doing, what you are saying, and you just don't even know the impact that you can make and who's watching or who's hearing you that needed to hear that message in that moment. Once in a blue moon, we get to hear back from those people, but seldom we just don't know the impact that we're going to make. So let's just keep showing up. And that's my goal. Keep showing up in a way that I can make a a positive impact very cool because you could you could with the youth you work with your role modeling a strong woman a woman in business mm -hmm. that a woman can have a business and her mm -hmm. own business and mm -hmm. 30 years from now you could have a kid come back and say I started my business because of you 
Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't know that you've had that impact. Exactly. Really. Exactly. And that's true for all of us. Like you said, we just don't mm-hmm. know when we've said something that causes a shift for somebody else or an aha or mm-hmm. an insight or um, because we don't always get that feedback from people. Exactly. Exactly. So I wish there- I could track down all my teachers. I, that's, <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to mention, like, I wish I could track down all my teachers and just, I, I was able to track down a few, but not all to just say, thank you. Thank you for the lunch hours. Thank you for the after school. Thank you for the, the little, you know, the little writing on that English paper saying great job, you know, or just yep. all those little things that teachers make such a great impact. And yeah, they don't hear enough from their students, you know, they the students move on. Yes. And the students are very like in their present, like where they are. So once they've left a the mm-hmm. teacher, they're like on to the next thing. <laughs> sure. So is there a downside to having your business, your own business or being a woman? Hey, I, I definitely think that there are challenges that will come up and the way to get through those challenges is to be aware of them and, and prepare as much as you can, but to also know that you can get through it. The downside, I would say, I mean, there's quite a few, right? But it's also not, if you do not invest enough into your, we go back to the word mindset. In corporate America, I never heard that word. But it was a different kind of, it was a different word. I just did not know that that's what it was. It was just having a positive attitude or being a very like forward thinker or making sure that you spend time in visualizing, you know, a great outcome. But when you go from an employee to a business owner, the mindset shift that has to, it has, you have to strengthen that muscle. It is not one and done. You don't just go, okay, well, I'm going to work on my mindset and, you know, think of, you know, positive you will have that mindset challenge to overcome at different levels as your business evolves or as your business grows or different things come up. You're constantly going to need to check in with your mind, with what are your, your thoughts, right? Your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions. Where your thoughts go, your actions follow. And so it's like one of those things that you need to invest time, probably maybe even invest in a course or a program or a a coach, somebody that can help you. Because if you don't have the right mindset, any little bump in the road, as we know, you know, being a business owner, you have those bumps. Any little bump may send you back to thinking that you, you should just go, go, go get a job. In order to be an entrepreneur, a business owner, especially a female one, you need to have a resilient you know, presence, a resilient mindset. What is resilience? Like you get back up, you know, maybe somebody said something, especially in social media, somebody doesn't like something and they let you know. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) They let you know fast and furious (laughs) Um, or they say inappropriate things. right? (laughs) Exactly. And so it's kind of like, what are you going to let in your mind? What are you going to pay attention to? Who are you going to listen to? That's the other thing. It's like, you need to make sure that if you don't have a solid support system at home or in your group of friends, family members, don't look to them. Go and find a community, especially nowadays in the online space, go find a community, right? That will, that can relate to what you're going through and that can support you and that you can be part of each other's uh, journey. And, you know, not everybody goes through the same things at the same time. So you're able to truly be there for each other. And there's nothing like being in a group where people get you 
and are able to help you get through, and then you can help them as well. And so the downside is the mindset, the mindset um, that needs to constantly be worked on and the community that you need to have around you to get you through those tough spots. I mean, I can talk about, you know, clients paying late and the contracts, right. you know, being delayed, but it starts with your mindset because all of those to me, like when people say no, if I'm getting on consult consultation calls, I just think of it like, my mindset is really good with that. Get through the no's to get to the yes. I'm a numbers person. It's yeah. a numbers game. You get through enough no's, ultimately you get through a, get to a yes. Yeah, definitely. I think of being a womanpreneur or an entrepreneur as the greatest personal growth journey that you'll ever go on. Like you've got to do the work. Amen. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of it is your own personal development and mindset's part of it. You know, like, being able to market yourself and say, you know, like I'm a good X, Y, Z, whatever you are. Um, I hear so many people say, Oh, I can't do that. You know, I can't, I can't say that. You know, so it's just, it, again, it goes back to your own personal mindset of, mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. working on that. And um, I think in jobs, you have some opportunities for personal development and professional development, but as an entrepreneur, you've, you've got to choose to do some of that personal work or it's just not going to work. <laughs> I agree. And you know, like I'm going to say shout out to your, to your podcast as well, because part of that personal development, the mindset shift, it's feeding your mind with things that are going to be in your favor and listening to podcasts, watching yes. uh, videos or, you know, reading books. Uh, lately, I've been into audio books more so than anything because I'm a huge podcast listener. So I re realized, oh, I can absorb the audio yeah. books a lot faster. You know, that is feeding your mind. Even if you just take one or two things away from a conversation like this one, it resonated with you. So it stays with you. Or you read a book and it's like, man, that one quote just yeah. made a big impact. That is part of your personal development as an entrepreneur as a business owner as well. Definitely, definitely. Well, I want to thank you for being here today. It's been so much fun to talk with you about your journey and how people can make a choice to become a consultant or start a consulting business and um, make a difference in the world by doing it. So thank you. Thank you, Donna, for having me. This was a one, I knew we were going to have a great conversation, but it's, it was even better than I thought. Oh, good, good. So people can pick up your free resource and we're going to have the um, link in the show notes. Are there any other places that are good places for people to connect with you? All my social media channels are on my, on, on my website. So come say hello on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all the channels, right? Great. <laughs> but start with my, my home base is my website, veronicasagastimi.com. Great. And be sure to pick up the Nurture Your Network guide there. And thank you so much, Veronica. I hope you have a great day. You too, Donna. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today at Visionary Women Printers Radio. I hope it was helpful to you in your journey as a visionary womanpreneur. And I hope that you'll join our community on Facebook, Visionary Womenpreneurs, and join the conversation. I look forward to seeing you on our next show. Make it a great day.